Don't wait. Your chance to upgrade and save up to $400 at Mattress Firm ends soon. Right now, save big on top-rated brands. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase. Or save up to 50% on hot buys from top brands like Sleepy's or Serta. With our highly trained sleep experts and our low-price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bed at the best price. Unjunk your sleep. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Yep, that's Warmore riding in yesterday to his polling location. And I'm pretty sure by the he didn't know by the end of the night that he would not be the next senator from the state of Alabama. So that's the reason why I waited to today to do this episode, because I knew I would have something to talk about. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're also going to talk with Stephanie Reese with Springfield Armory and talk about her new venture that she's just started. And all that on this episode of Trent Chat. to another episode of Trend Chat. I am your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. And if you want to read some of my articles from Politichicks, just go to politichicks.com slash author slash Brian Bledsoe. Also, don't forget about the book, Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, which is available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Contains over 300 pages with contributors like myself talking about healthcare, education, social issues, activism, and my article about being a delegate in the national convention last year is in that section called activism. So pick that up for Christmas, or even if it's not Christmas when you're listening, <laughs> just pick it up regardless. So, so I played that whole little horse <laughs> galloping. Somewhere, wherever that was, I don't know. 
But um, I don't know how many of you noticed or saw Roy Moore when he came to vote yesterday. Yesterday morning, he um, rode in on horseback, him and his wife. And I know some, some people were just so quick to want to mock, you know, just want to just make fun of, of Roy Moore riding in on a horse. I mean, so what? I thought it was kind of cool, actually. I mean, if I had a horse, I'd ride in on it, too. <laughs> And plus, you know, given that is, I'm guessing it was close to where he lives. I don't know, but I just know he rode in on horseback. And hey, it kind of whatever. But uh, you know, just a, given how everything went out yesterday, I guess that was just a, one more jab people wanted to make it or more, <laughs> or more for um something. And so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, if you don't know, Doug Jones won the. Senate race in Alabama by a very slim margin, and it's it's funny. I was actually was thinking about doing like maybe a uh, I guess a a one to two minute podcast yesterday just to give my predictions. I then again maybe I just should have just tweeted it or put it on social media. I just did not think about that actually. I got to get better at this whole I guess podcasting thing or trying to be a commentator. I, sometimes I just forget. But anyway, because I was thinking, wouldn't it be something? And I was thinking I was leaning toward this way that World War will lose within the margin of the right hand vote. But, you know, that don't mean anything now because it's after the fact. But that was something I was thinking um, yesterday. And just to show the right hand vote was a little under two percent and he lost by a little under two percent. So now you have uh, Doug Jones, who is um, I, I think this has been stated more than once right now that he is a first Democrat in 25 years to be elected uh, senator in Alabama, which one thing about that is that, <laughs> that Democrat that was elected back then was Richard Shelby, who is right now the Republican senator <laughs> of Alabama. So he switched back in think 94. So so in a way you you still you have two democrat senators. I, I mean I know that was a long time ago for for uh, Richard Shelby which kind of goes back to the whole uh, what I mentioned about the right end because um Senator Shelby was one of the people who brought up about right in you know, write in another Republican, someone else, because he said he couldn't vote for Judge Moore. So it seems like uh, enough people listen to put it that way, because it's not like it was a huge margin of people that wrote in, but it was enough. It was like over 20,000 people who wrote in a candidate. I haven't seen who those the candidates that was written in. I'm pretty sure it's probably not going to be like one person. It's going to be going across the board as far as someone maybe who knows who was written in but um that was a factor and i mean given the fact that he was already a very controversial figure meaning judge Moore, as far as with the allegations and the other things as far as when he was a judge and um and um number of other issues that kind of made him a very you know kind of a lightning rod which the one thing i didn't notice well, I didn't really look into until yesterday and looking at the, these results shows is that 
when um when he ran for chief justice that he ran below uh whoever was running for president um if i think i remember it was 2012 and when romney was running romney won by a larger margin than war more won during the same election and and uh he's he's running for governor before in the primaries and uh, didn't get past the primaries or whatnot and so now we've gotten now we've kind of gotten to the point where um judge moore uh, he mentioned that he's not conceding at least as of this recording he said he's not not uh, conceding which i i don't see him gaining too many you know he's not gaining enough votes to overturn it put it that way he may gain some, but I can't see. Cause I think right now it's like over twenty thousand. Um, and according to the rules in Alabama, from what I've read, that you can't get an automatic recount unless it's half of a percent. So not just one percent; it had to be half of one percent. And he doesn't have that because it's over one over one and a half percent that he um that he lost by. So I, I don't know. Don't who knows? I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to look into voter fraud and other things like that and just try to see if everything was on the up and up. But that's down the road and that, you know, who knows what's going to come out of that, if anything or nothing. So now I know uh, obviously, you know, Democrats and uh, liberals across seems like across the globe was celebrating yesterday. Um, Hollywood, obviously taking a break from all their scandals and decided to, you know, celebrate and thank the, the people of Alabama, the people that they normally call every name, except a child of God, except for yesterday, all of a sudden now they got the hashtag. Thank you, Alabama, which Doug Jones put out, but it's kind of became a, a hat, a, I guess a, a trending hashtag, but, um, yeah, all those, all those, elites in in hollywood on the coast on both sides so just you know oh well <laughs> telling the people of alabama well you're not as stupid that we think you are today <laughs> um i'm pretty sure that's going to change depending on because <clears throat> depending on the fact that doug jones is only going to be in for two years and then he's back up for uh election in 2020 so you know if a uh, Republican come in next time and, you know, and becomes a senator and all of a sudden you know, Alabama is back to being, you know, what these um, Democrats and liberals already assume that they are. So, so for right now, they love you <laughs> for for the moment. So I guess that's some sort of, I guess, take some credit in that for the people of Alabama. I don't know. Uh, I know even in uh, Doug Jones' speech, he, you know, thanked the African-American community and Latino community. And, you know, it, as far as the, uh, you know, black population, it wasn't, that's not surprising. I mean, it's been, I mean, black people have voted over 90% for the Democrat, you know, for forever. So <laughs> there wasn't that big of a, I guess the fact that just the number of people who who came out to vote, but um, you know, kind of just goes back to the same thing 
as always, I just feel like I guess black people just want higher taxes and open borders um, <laughs> and, you know, abortion on demand, gun control and all that. So, I mean, it's obvious that that's what they like because they keep voting for <laughs> not just for Doug Jones, just Democrats in general. And I don't know, for some reason, then. But they don't agree on some of these things, on probably most of these things. But I, one thing I have noticed is that it's definitely for a lot of people. It's, it's basically just a party vote. Just I guess whether you, whether you're older or whatnot, that you have this idea of what the Democrats are, and it's and that was an idea that was maybe thirty, forty, some odd years old. That is nowhere near what they are now and just refuse to think to of any other option. Now, in this particular election, I can somewhat understand, especially if you believe the allegations as far as against um, Judge Moore. If you um, as far as if you take the liberal slant on a lot of the um, I guess a lot of the issues, a lot of the, the things that that he has done as a judge, then in this case, um, it's probably a little, a little more difficult to consider the Republican in this case. That being said, it's not like we're talking about this was just an anomaly. Uh, um, this is something that I even, regardless of who the Republican candidate is, that um, it seems like, you know, black people don't even give him a chance, him or her, they don't care what uh, what their positions are, and they basically just voting just because it's a D. Now that goes both ways because there's plenty of people who vote Republican just because they're Republican, and they and it's kind of the same deal that I'm saying as far as for Democrats, where they just they have been voting Republican and they just keep voting and don't really put much thought behind it. So it, it goes both ways. It just in the case of far as talking about the African American community or the black community, I, I've, whatever, however you want to term it, but um, it's just such an overwhelming number where you're talking about ninety percent. But yet, it's funny because as soon as you try to, you mention that number, but black people are so quick to say, it, "Oh well, we're not a monolith. You know, we're not just this monolithic community that just vote uh, one way." Or whatever, or we we all think differently. Well, these numbers prove otherwise, and it has for a long period of time. So, I mean, you talk about ninety percent voting the same way constantly, over and over again, with no change, no, not even considering the other side at all. And I'm not saying that about considering Republicans. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about considering any other side. So. Any like either you know libertarian whatever like that not any other side not even considering it so that's because that's the thing for me I'm if if I'm talking about the black community I'm not really saying as far as okay you should not vote Democrat especially if it doesn't align with your views and then turn to vote Republican that's not what I'm saying if that's because um definitely the Republican Party has this issues as well so my the point I try to make is that why are you just voting for Democrat? You could vote for someone else that's probably more aligned with your values. 
And so that's that's normally the issue I'm I'm making. Or or if you know, if you choose to not even vote because you don't like either one. That's understood, you know, that's understandable as well. But um it just like I say, even for me, I, I could I could consider voting another party, just I know who I'm not voting for, it would be not the Democrat Party. So I can consider voting for what so like the Constitution Party or the Libertarian Party. I can I can see myself voting for one of those other parties. You know, obviously the Republican Party, which I vote for the most, but I can see myself voting for those other parties. Um like I I don't see myself voting for the if um the Socialist Party or the Communist Party or or like I said or the Democrat Party or, you know, I guess maybe the Green Party, I think. <laughs> Um, as well, I don't know. I don't know much about the Green Party, but anyway, I'm going too far into that. But um, so in talking about Doug Jones, now that he's there, you know, he's going to be there next year. Um, this basically just another will be another thorn in the side of any conservative legis- legislation that is um going to try to get passed in the next couple of years. It has made things harder by one, you know, and. And now I said conservative legislation. I just want to make that clear. When I want to say conservative legislation. I'm not meaning Republican legislation because those two things, you know, those are two different legislations sometimes. And I'm so, but in talking uh, specifically about conservative legislation, maybe, you know, whether we're talking about um, natural reciprocity or uh, even tax reform, I, you know, we, I don't know if that's going to go into next year or. National security, legal immigration, border, abortion, all of that, all that, all those issues that's going to come up. It's just going to be a little more difficult now by having Doug Jones, because I'm pretty sure he's not going to be for none of that. He's not going to he's not going to be pro-life. He's not going to be he's um, not going to be pro Second Amendment. So he definitely he's probably not he's not going to be against um, sanctuary cities. He's going to be for uh, more illegal immigration, open borders, you know, and just the, the typical Democrat. I'm, I, well, I'm pretty sure that he's probably going to break from the party, maybe in one or two issues, maybe one or two, but not the majority of the time. So, like I said, that's what, you know, what you have to deal with now in the Senate and looking forward to 2020, the party in um, Alabama has to regroup and just <laughs> as far as vetting whoever the next candidate that they want to run for 2020 and the with this loss with um Roy Moore I can I guess the fear now is that with Judge Moore losing that the candidate that they're going to choose is probably going to be more moderate and probably be like more of the establishment type because they're going to basically throw uh, judge more in everyone's face. So look what, look what happened when we ran your so-called, you know, um, real Republican or conservative out there and look, he lost. And so we need to be more moderate. So basically get someone who is basically lukewarm and probably will be, uh, you know, he'll be okay. Probably <laughs> just okay. And in contrast to whatever probably Judge Jones is probably going to do in the next two years, it'll probably be a whole lot better. 
So that person will, whoever that person may be, will probably get in, probably win, uh, especially if um, a lot of what Doug Jones is probably going to do is going to be your typical liberal with a few conservative votes um, or a few times going with the Republicans. But when the, I guess when people in Alabama see that, maybe that would change as far as um, getting a Republican in. Like I said, it would probably be a moderate. But, you know, after two years of Doug Jones, maybe people are like, well, I'll take anything right now. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's all. I guess all my thoughts on that. And, um, yep, as far as with, uh, I know Donald, <laughs> Mr. Trump <laughs> said uh, that, uh, well, he said that a couple of months ago that Judge Moore wouldn't win. You know, the president said that, um, because <laughs> if at first, remember, if you don't remember, he endorsed the um, primary in the primary. He endorsed Luther Strange, who is currently in the Senate, who was um, taking over for Jeff Sessions when he was appointed attorney general. And he mentioned that then. So he just basically just reiterated that point after, um, you know, what happened yesterday. But now, like I'm, I guess just to say again, it's just going to be a little bit harder to try to pass um, legislation, especially on the Republican side. But, but um, you know, it's um, it's uh, gonna, you know, it's just something they're gonna have to worry about in the for the just for the next two years. It's not that long. So anyway, that's it for that. I'm gonna probably start rambling and get on about that. So that being said, before we get to speaking with Stephanie Reese, let's hear from my friends with the Founder Project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. So uh, we're going to speak with um, Stephanie Reese with Springfield Armory, and she has a new venture coming up and wanted to talk with her about it, have all y'all listen to um, about this. I guess right now it's kind of a website, but she definitely is looking to grow it to being um, something more. So without any further ado, here is our interview with Stephanie. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are pleased to have the PR and communications manager for Springfield Armory, Stephanie Reese, with us. How are you doing? Hi, great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and I wanted to bring you on because you have started a, a new venture, and actually, I'm just going to let you explain it all. I'm just going to say that it's called Second to None, and tell us all about it. Sure. So Second to None is a website that's geared towards uh, Second Amendment supporters, but it's a female focused uh, to a brand that I really am hoping will um, inspire and empower women. I know the internet can be, you know, kind of a dark, depressing place sometimes. And um, I really would like to be a voice of positivity and self-empowerment, um, personal responsibility, and 
I guess along with the Second Amendment support, I, I'd love to incorporate everything else as well. So it really is a lifestyle website, but um, with kind of the, the Second Amendment running in the background, I guess you should say. <laughs> so we'll talk about fitness, fashion, family stuff, career advice, relationships, um, basically anything that you would see on a on a women's magazine. So, yeah, so you're talking like fashion, beauty, I guess, and just having, um, I guess, blogs and about different different things that kind of relate to the to the Second Amendment and making the connection with women. Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that really sparked my idea for this was, well, I've always kind of written on the side. It's just always been a hobby of mine. I've always written short stories and stuff like that. But, you know, in my experience, I've, I now live in Dallas, but I've lived in LA, I've lived in New York, I've lived in Chicago, which are three of the most infamously anti-gun cities in the country. And so a lot of my female friends, you know, when I first got to know them were pretty anti-gun. And it wasn't until after we had several conversations and they got to know me and we really spoke about uh, Second Amendment related issues that almost all of them um, kind of came around to the idea of actually, yeah, taking my own safety um, into my own hands is, is kind of an important topic. And it really kind of brought light to, you know, something that they probably hadn't had a lot of knowledge about before ex- exposure to. So with that being said, I, I guess I, I want Second Amendment still kind of new. So I'm saying when I say I want it to be, you know, this is kind of like my vision for the future. The Second Amendment, I would love to have as a feature throughout the website. But in my opinion, I, I would really like this to be kind of a soft sell, if you will, because, you know, the Second Amendment to me, even though I'm, I work in the gun industry and I've been raised around firearms my whole life, my family's involved in the firearms industry, it's a part of my life. It's a huge part of my life, but it's not the only part of my life, which I think, you know, as a woman coming into the industry, um, you can either see the uber tactical side of firearms or, you know, then there's like the marketing towards women, which is, hey, we'll just come out with a pink gun and then that's for women. But there's no, or I guess, maybe there's there's a lack there um, of media outlets that really kind of speak to the modern woman who has a gun in their bedside table for protection that, you know, they are pro-gun, they support the Second Amendment, but they're also very multifaceted. So, um, you know, we're going to be talking about fashion and beauty, like I said, and we're going to be talking about finding your passion in life. We're going to be talking about food and wine, and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, the best way to carry IWB or, you know, the best way to stay armed if you're traveling and you don't have a firearm on you, you know, that type of thing. So, sorry, I feel like I'm being very long <laughs> Oh, no, that's fine. No, uh, no, uh, yeah, I, you know, please don't don't feel bad about, you know, Telling about your product because definitely this is a podcast as well, so it's not like I worried about commercial breaks. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I probably would have run over yours. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, it, well, I know some of them in reading, like in your, I guess, in the bio on the website, mm-hmm. and some things that I saw on there, you know, that you, you that you, I guess, you chose the other paths before, kind of working with the in the gun industry now and yeah 
that you worked for a magazine sports team and manager of two musicians. And one thing I, that really stood out saying that you were a DJ at one time <laughs> as well. Yes, which, yeah, I was. <laughs> so I, I'm now I, I kind of would like to know about all of that. I don't know how, how much you can reveal about those, the sports teams and the musicians, but the DJ part, especially. Sure. Yeah. So I actually, um, I, well, let's see, where do I start? So I actually went back to school um, after I graduated college. I went back to school, went to um, Dubspot in New York um, and uh, studied music production. So, um, and that at the time I was thinking in my mind, you know, oh, I would love to work in the studio with musicians because prior to that I'd been working for a music label and I loved it, but I really wanted to be able to personally affect the music. So, and I didn't have any real production background. So I went back to school. And while I was there, I ended up uh, meeting two musicians who I thought were incredibly talented. And while I loved being in school for music production, I also kind of realized that, you know, maybe this isn't something that I'm personally going to do. I would like to oversee other people doing it. So um, I ended up forming a friendship with these two musicians. and they allowed me to manage them, which was awesome. Um, we, it was really fun. It was when I was living in New York. Definitely challenging at times. You know, the music industry is really cutthroat. It's, um, you know, a lot of hard hours. And I guess at the end of the day, what kind of dissuaded me from that whole um, music industry thing, even though music is a huge passion of mine, I mean, you can ask any of my friends. I could talk about it at length. <laughs> but I think the thing that kind of dissuaded me from pursuing it forever was, you know, I'm at the time I was 24, 25, and I would have to be in a club on a Tuesday until like 4 a.m. in the middle of Brooklyn. And I would, it, it just wasn't a great environment. I'm not someone that's into substances or anything. So it wasn't like, that was an issue, but just the the personal safety part made me feel a little uncomfortable. And you know, the types of people that you have to hang around with at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday in Brooklyn, you know, <laughs> they can be a little hit or miss in terms of you know, I guess in terms of whether or not they're a good, well-intentioned person. So yeah. it just, um, I just was kind of looking at it, thinking, I don't know how much. Even if I do kind of work my way through the ranks, I don't know if this aspect of that is ever really going to change. I'm going to still have to do that when I'm 40 and have a family, and I don't really know if that's the avenue that I want to go. So Yeah, yeah, yeah I can understand that, especially having to be out um, so late and, and, you know, in a lot of these places, you know, you know yourself that they don't allow guns, so it makes the safety even more. Uh, exactly, exactly. Yep, and that's funny enough. That's when a lot of those conversations would come up with my friends, where I would say, you know, I'd feel a lot better if I could carry. And of course, in New York, you virtually can't. <laughs> I guess you shouldn't say you can't completely, but you know, it's very hard to do so. So. Yeah, and uh, you know, also I guess a little bit on the personal note, I do. I wanted to. I forgot to say congratulations on your engagement, which I... Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, very recent. So um, it's very exciting. I'm loving it. I'm still getting used to my ring on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> I keep playing with it. But yeah, so exciting. Well, yeah, well, that's a good thing. So now, 
one of the questions I thought about when you in talking about the music industry. So I know you said like it was cutthroat. So what is um I guess I guess compare the gun industry with the music industry. Oh, that's a great question actually. There is such a huge difference and I'm happy to say that the firearms industry is so much nicer. <laughs> Everyone in the firearms industry, I feel like, is just a giant family. You see the same faces, and everyone is so welcoming. And, you know, I think because of the inherent nature of the fact that we're, we all represent this principle that is sadly kind of under siege a lot of the time, you know, you kind of end up having to forge this really strong bond. Um, I guess you don't have to, but like you end up just by default, you know, you you form a bond with these people that are in the industry with you. And so it really does feel like a giant family. And yes, you do technically compete with other companies, but you always feel like you're in the same fight together, if that makes sense. Whereas the music industry is um, can just be, I guess, I'm trying to find like a nice way to say it, just <laughs> not very nice. <laughs> so they can definitely be a little cutthroat. They can, um, you know, it's kind of dog eat dog. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, kind of go back to second to none. So I um, want to ask you, what? I guess, what are the plans? What are you looking to, to accomplish in, in growing uh, second to none? Oh, that's a great question, too. Um, you know, I I think I said this before we started the interview. I think my goal is I would, I mean, right now I would definitely consider myself a blog. I would love to be considered like a true media outlet where I really would like my content to separate second to none from the other websites out there in terms of not only the quality content, I want people to go to the website and actually enjoy what they're reading, but I also want people to step away from the website thinking, oh, that actually put me in a really good mood. Because like I said, you know, the internet can be kind of a kind of an ugly place sometimes, you know, with people sitting behind their keyboards, sitting anonymously and commenting and all that stuff. So I really want my content to be uplifting and inspiring. and And I think that hopefully then it would represent the Second Amendment community really well. So that's also another huge goal. I want to make other Second Amendment supporters proud of my work as well. Okay. And I I guess I wanted to ask as far as where can everyone um, get, you know, reach you on social media and Second to None? Sure. So on Instagram, I'm at Second to None blog and I'm uh, at Second to None on Facebook, and let's see. Oh, the actual website is www.second, and that's a number two, N-D-T-O, none.com. All right. And you know what? Before we before we go, I, I did want to ask you, I forgot. Um, What was your DJ name? Oh, my DJ name was Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, it, so, it wasn't DJ Phoenix. It was just Phoenix. I'm sorry, what did you say? I said it wasn't DJ Phoenix, it was just Phoenix. Yes, it was Phoenix, and then I changed my name about halfway through to just my first and last name, Stephanie Reese, but when it was Phoenix, it was S-E-N-I-X-X because I spelled my name with an S instead of a P-H, and it was um, two X's at the end because I was a girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Okay. There you go. Very creative. I got very artistic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Stephanie, thanks so much for your time. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. Yep. And thanks for Stephanie for joining us. I don't, I don't think, um, <clears throat> just want to remind everyone if you, I guess from the NRA interviews I did back in, well, back in May, I got a chance to speak with Stephanie then. And, uh, that's in the archive. If you want to go back to listen to our first interview at the NRA convention. And, um, yeah, and I said, thank you, you know, to Stephanie for joining us and hope everyone go out to look for second to none.com. Like I said, it's a, the number two ND to none.com. So, yeah. And that's it for today. Now, we'll actually we'll be back tomorrow because we did this on Wednesday and obviously we have well, not obviously, but we do have one for tomorrow, which is Thursday. So we actually we'll be back tomorrow and tomorrow. The subject is Star Wars because Star Wars come out on Friday and I am a fan of Star Wars and I want to talk about Star Wars and I have a friend of mine and we'll talk about, you know, the upcoming movie. And I'm pretty sure we're not going to stay on Star Wars. I'm knowing both of us will get the, I guess we'll get swayed to start talking about some political. Cause there are some connections people try to make as far as political, um, I guess political issues and Star Wars. And I'm pretty sure we'll probably get into that, but the whole, but the theme of it is Star Wars. I mean, I'm not going to be dressed up like um, Darth Vader or Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that I, I haven't never done that. The whole cosplay thing, as far as putting wearing um wearing just wearing costumes, I haven't gotten that mainly because I don't have the money. And even if I had the money, I don't know how much I would do it. But anyway, that's for tomorrow. And until tomorrow. <laughs> That's kind of weird saying that. <laughs> and until tomorrow, we'll chat with you later. ready to go back to school as mine are you gotta check out Kohl's I got my daughters the cutest sew tops for under 18 bucks Jansport backpacks for 25% off and 30% off Levi's jeans for me I even saved an extra 15% and picked up Kohl's cash so yeah not sure who's more excited right now me or the girls select styles 15% off friends August 15th Levi's coupons do not apply some exclusions apply see store Kohl's account for details 
New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.